Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. All right. Happy Halloween, Bears fans. This is another episode of Bears Nation podcast. I am your host, Kevin Lafka, joined today, as always, by the great Chris Nano. But we are also joined by a special guest today. He's a frequent guest of the Waterland Sylvie show on ESPN 1000, contributor to Bears podcast, shy fans in the stands and Bears barroom. And he is a longtime Bears super fan. It's the one and only Greg Braggs Jr. Greg, how are we doing on this fine Halloween evening? What's happening, Oh, man, I'm doing excellent trying to survive this snow out here in the Midwest. It's pretty insane. The the earliest snow we've ever had in our city's history. I, I'm a little outside the city. I live in northwest Indiana, as they call the region, but it's it's uh, crazy. We're getting a lot of lake effect snow, but I'm doing good. We're going to take take the little one out for trick-or-treating here real soon. Yeah, sounds fantastic, but it certainly is Bears weather. I think we can all agree on that once we get the cold <laughs> and the snow. I think that is for sure. Bears weather, but although uh, this game is not in Chicago this weekend, the Bears will be playing the Eagles in Philadelphia. Greg, have you ever been to an Eagles game? I have, actually. Uh, the year they, Trustman's uh, first year as our coach, we were oh have, we had an opportunity to win the division, and we had two games we could have won to, to get in, and we needed to beat the Eagles, second to last game before the Packers, infamous Randall Cobb, dagger through the heart. The game prior to mm-hmm. that, the Eagles beat us. They routed us by about 50 points, and I had a good friend uh, fly me out there. or take We drove out there, actually, for uh, – for the game for our wedding gift and uh it was not not quite the gift i was wanting he's an eagle (laughs) fan so he had his fun but yeah everything fell our way that night except for the outcome of the game we got we got routed so i'm a little nervous heading into this one it's a really tough place to play it certainly is and hopefully that's not the outcome after this week but chris you're back how we doing chris nano i'm good man i'm good excited to be talking to, to you and greg today um bears football i mean I, I love talking about it and let's get into it man yeah you're right let's get into it so first we're going to talk a little bit about these press conference there was a lot of interesting quotes and nuggets from the press conferences today yesterday the day before uh but first before we get into those i want to bring something up and this is something that a lot of people are talking about and even matt Nagy brought it up in today's press conference last night the washington nationals won the World Series against all odds. They were 19-31, and 31, 12 games under 500 in May. They were given a 3% mathematical chance to make the playoffs in May, and they have just found themselves winning the World Series. So Matt Nagy was asked about that today, and he said he brought up that Nationals win, that World Series win, in the team meeting. He said, how could you not bring up a story like that, especially in the situation that the team is? So, Greg, you know, what do you take away from that? Obviously, this is circulating because right now the Bears are 3-4. and four. They're given right now, I think, a 3% chance or so to make the playoffs the, the the odds are against them just like they were for the nationals uh so is, is this kind of a learning point for for not only the team but for bears fans who are counting them out right now 100 percent. i mean that's sports and you know i know people think that they've got everything figured out week to week and all the reasons why someone should have won or this could have happened if this ha- you know that's not how sports work expect the unexpected that's how i've always lived by it's one of the models i've lived by with sports and just because it seems as dark as it does right now, it can turn just as fast as it turned bad. It can turn good. Momentum is a real thing in sports that you can't quantify. And so I think it's good that Nagy was, you know, trying to draw from that in what the Nationals experienced this year. You know, you can even look at the team they're playing this Sunday, the Eagles. Last year, they were dead in the water 
uh, halfway through the season, and they barely made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. And guess who they ended up beating on the lakefront? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, what goes around comes around, and that's what you hope for this Chicago Bears team. But if you're a head coach of a team trying to pull from anything you possibly can, you got to try to show them something to inspire them because that's what they need. They need to get a little spark of inspiration here and start playing like they're playing for something instead of thinking about the offseason. Yeah, Chris? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love what Greg said about, um, you know, sports are sports. You know, it's, it's, it, you never know. You just never know. Um, and, you know, I've been one of those people that's been negative um, per usual. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is just, um, you know, th- this is a game where, I mean, a win here could, could change the season. And, you know, I know we talked about how last game could, uh, was, you know, the make or break, but, you know, it, it's, it's football. And, and like Greg said, I mean, anything can happen at any time. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope Nagy can, you know, instill that mentality of, of, you know, what he brought up about the Nationals. I hope he can instill that into the team and, and hopefully the guys can start believing. Yeah, I think we all agree it's not too late for this team to make a turnaround. We're all on board for that. But another nugget from the press conference here, this is something that I found very interesting. Mitchell Trubisky this week evaluated his mood and his demeanor from the TV broadcast. So basically what that means is him and Matt Nagy sat down, they turned off all audio from the Fox broadcast, and all they did was watch how Mitchell Trubisky reacted, how he looked, what his demeanor was throughout the game, and basically what he found and what he said was he didn't look like he was having any fun. And he said that's not the player that he usually is. And, you know, we we talk about Mitchell Trubisky, and the one thing we know about him is when he gets out of his head, he is a very, very talented, complete football player. But it seems that through seven games this year, he's been so in his head it's not even funny, and I, I really think that's contributing to – you know, part of, uh, you know, his his lack of success so far. So, Greg, what do you make of that? Do you, do you find that to be important, what he did going back and looking at himself on that TV broadcast? 100% without question. This is something – I'm not an X's and O's guy. You know, I'm a feeling and a vibe mm-hmm. guy. When I came into camp last year, I knew they were going to be a good team because of what I felt. It wasn't about what I was seeing. I can't tell you exactly the X's and O's when I'm at training camp. It's a vibe thing. When you go for – 20 years you can see it and this year there was just such a more serious tone and I thought maybe it's because Josh Bellamy as they call him Bezo he wasn't there to <laughs> loosen things up but there is an element to that you know uh week one I made a point to one of my friends I was like he's walking around here like the Terminator and, and you know when you're <laughs> hyped up because you want them to beat the pack week one you think it's okay because he's focused but then as they started to lose games and he was struggling I started to be like you know, he needs to relax on this. What You know, everybody talks about Club Dub, but what what about that pregame swagger that I saw? I mean, one of the things with some of my video I shot last year was one of my most fun things I was doing was pregame, watching these guys having so much fun and interacting with the fans. They need to not build these games up like each one is the Super Bowl. It has to build up to that point, just like it did last year. And I just felt like they came into the season with – way too much intensity of of the pressure of trying to get back to something that they can't control for three months. They needed to just be focusing one week at a time and and stay loose as he's trying to say that that's what he's watching. And, and I'm glad he looked at that to my, you know, partner, you know, on Bears Barroom, uh, Shane Marsaw, he would point out, and I do agree to an extent, he doesn't have to say this stuff to the media. That's the one thing. It's nice for us to hear that so we can understand where he's coming from as a player. But sometimes he's like way too open with this stuff and it it makes you worried about, you know, if he can handle this pressure. I've watched him since his first snap as a bear at camp and I've seen I've seen probably more snaps than anybody that isn't a coach or a guy. It is about the pressure. This isn't about what he can and can't do as a player or as an athlete. He's got all the intangibles. It's it is about inside his head and. When they had no pressure, no expectations, and he was able to just go out there and wing it, that's what we saw last year. I know that you know he, he people can point out deficiencies in his game from last year, but for the most part, they played loose. They moved the ball down the field. There wasn't this vibe of Jonathan Quinn. I mean, this is insane what we saw to this point this year. And so I completely agree with Mitch, and I'm glad that he's self-evaluating in that way and needs to try to, you know, you know, garner every avenue he can as a leader of this team because they're looking to him. And that's why everybody else is like playing nervous because he looks him and Nagy look nervous. They look like a deer in the headlights. So you just hope the light can come on. But, 
you know, it, it's hard to say you, when he's talking about this stuff. It's like, man, they're, they're really getting down to the nuts and bolts of everything. That's that's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, um, you know, I I've been trying to figure out um, what it's been all season. And I completely agree with Greg here. You know, th- the vibe of this team just feels a little bit different than it did last year. Um, and it's not only Mitch. I, I feel like I, I see that whole they're not having fun thing throughout the whole team, just in my opinion. Um, and I've definitely felt that vibe. Like I've definitely felt the vibe that they that they're not having fun. They're not letting loose. Um, and and I think it's. I mean, it could be the the expectations that we had heading into this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and like you said, I mean, he just needs to let loose. Um, and and you know, just just have the just put the ball in in the hands of your playmakers. I, I say that pretty much every episode. Um, you know, and and like you said, he just has to go go out there and have fun. I mean, uh, if if he does that, we're gonna see. The Mitch that that we know can 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 ball out, you know, without question. It's 100 percent. This is what it is. Everyone. The, oh, it's the play calling. Oh, it's this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Mitch. The missing. It is continuity. It is chemistry. That is what it is. That's what they had last year. And they have none of that. It is literally just one problem compiling on the next problem and they're just like it's like you ever seen the movie the replacements when keanu reese is a quarterback he's talking about quicksand that's what (laughs) that's what they're in right now they're in quicksand they're trying Mm -hmm. to pull themselves out and you know to to mitch's credit this is what i will get and people i'm a mitch guy so everybody's gonna hear the the positive mitch spin but honestly he has held himself to a high you know, standard here as far as his professional level. He's not cracking. It might look like it on the field because his play has been trash, but he still is standing there, standing in front of the media, taking mm-hmm. accountability. He knows what's wrong. It's just about them trying to fix it. And that that's a good sign. You know, and you saw signs of him progressing his game last week. And I know we didn't get the win. And I know he made two awful, three awful mistakes in the fourth quarter. But if you look past that and look beyond the curtain, there were some plays where you can start to see, okay, he's he's taking the next step. And I know it's like we're talking about a rookie quarterback, but you know what? When you're losing like this, it breaks you down mentally, and it's almost like you have to start back over. So, you know, especially when you're a young quarterback like th- him that hasn't faced this adversity. Yeah, his first year he struggled, but they were playing for nothing. This season they came in with Super Bowl aspirations. It wasn't just the fan base talking about it. They were talking about it at Bears 100. So – the, the the pressure is just enormous, and then you come in and the sh- the Packers jump the shark on you, and the league is what you're trying to do. It's a punch counter punch league. So while they're trying to find their counter punch, they got to keep that professionalism. They got to take the accountability, and they got to continue to try to chip away and get back to where they were. But it is all about pressure and just try. You know, Joe Madden, I'm a Cubs guy. He always said. Don't ever let the pressure exceed the pleasure. And I think that's something they're going through right now. They're letting the pressure exceed the pleasure. And I think they need to try to flip that. I would totally agree. And and the thing about Mitch is he really, when you think about it, he hasn't been able to get into a groove this year. And I think that's a main thing, right? I mean, he comes off a great game against Washington. And then in the first series against Minnesota, he goes down and out. And then he's out for a game. And, and, and he just hasn't been able to get that continuity, like Greg mentioned, where he can get into a groove and get that confidence up. So I think... You know, it's crazy to say, but as more games go on, you can probably expect Mitchell Trubisky to be a little bit better. So, you know, I think this whole self-evaluation thing is huge. And and I, I think Greg is totally right here about the fact that for Mitchell Trubisky, it doesn't it, people all, all you want to talk about. All everyone wants to talk about is the X's and the O's. You know, how does he look in the pocket? Where are his eyes going? But I think for Mitchell Trubisky, you know, sometimes it's more mental than physical. And 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 especially in this case where the Bears are, he just needs to get out of his head and play fun football. I mean, the thing that I'm thinking about is when, you know, when was <laughs> it's crazy. When was the last time you've seen Mitchell Trubisky smile or like show aggression on the football field? You know, I, I think of that gif or that gif, whatever you want to call it, from the Lions game where he's like he's roaring in the end zone with his teammates around him that people like to use. What you know, I want to see that Mitch out there and especially against these Eagles and, and it seems like we haven't seen that kind of guy in a while but I think you know if we see that kind of Mitchell Trubisky we could be talking about a winning football team in the Chicago Bears Chris you agree yeah 100% um I actually just had a question and I'd hate to mm-hmm. play devil's advocate here um Greg if you if you join us um you know uh, after this uh on, on a couple uh on a couple other episodes uh, you'll you'll learn quickly that I'm I'm labeled as the villain on this show. So um, <laughs> I uh, I just wanted to ask you, do you think 
um, that do you believe in, you talked about the pressure. Do you believe in some guys just, just have it and some guys don't in terms of like being able to handle it? Or do you think it's something that he, Mitch can, you know, work on and, and get better as, as the season progresses? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it in this city. I mean, the pressure kills some of these players. It destroys people in this city. I've seen it a million times. Now, Michael Jordan, the person, the reason I'm a sports fan is because of Michael Jordan. This guy Mm -hmm. was a stone cold killer. This dude would, he looked at pressure in the face and laughed at it. It was, it was some of the most remarkable athletic ability and mindset. And he would come out and he he knew it was like watching Devin Hester on a kick return. The mindset, it's all about knowing what's inside of you. Now, quarterback wise with the Bears, we've seen it the other way. Rex Grossman, you know, he had physical limitations, but he had balls. He wasn't afraid mm-hmm. to z- z- sling it down deep. He just couldn't make the throws. Then we get Jay Cutler and Jay Cutler can make all the throws, but it's all in his head. He can't see the defenders half the time. And now you come to Mitch. And it's like almost like a combination. It's like now we're seeing both. We see it all. It's like with each quarterback, Kyle Lorton, uh, Josh McCown, each time we see a little something different. And as far as the way they handle the pressure with Mitch, I've always felt like he handles the pressure well. Right now we're losing, so it's like hard for anyone to see that. But, I mean, his rookie year, they should have beat the Saints in the Superdome. He's playing as clutch as can be. They, the refs are calling every play against him, and he's still hung in there. Last year, you look at the playoff game against the Eagles. Uh, the chips are completely stacked against him at the end of the game. The defense gives up a score to lose it, and he makes two defining throws of his career, or should have been, and he doesn't he doesn't blink in those pressure moments. Jay Cutler would have thrown picks in those moments. The Denver Broncos game this year, when everything is going wrong, nine million things are going wrong. And yeah, a lot of them are from what Mitch is doing to himself, but then you get to the end and he makes a nice drive. Oh, right before the very last play of the game, there's a delay or there's a false start. And they, they move the ball back even five more yards before the final play. And he still hits the pass. So I've always, for me, I've always seen Mitch get better when the pressure is is at its highest for him. It's like, how do we pull that mentality of just grip it and rip it in those moments to to the start of the game when he's working himself up too much? You know, that's that's what I see. I do. That's where I like want to continue to hold out hope. You know, it's kind of crazy to me. We're at this point where we're uh, all right. Let's move on to the next guy. When, you know, we saw so much promise from him last year, and I know it is falling apart this year, and there's so many different things going wrong, but it's like, man, I just don't want to give up on this guy too early when I've seen him respond in the in the clutch. I've seen how he carries himself with this franchise, and the last element of this is just trying to get, garner consistency. And, you know, it's hard because we all want that Super Bowl right now. It, the window is open. We get it. But... You know, that has nothing to do with when the light is going to come on for Mitch or if it will. We, you know, it we just don't know. But as far as pressure, yeah, there are some people that can't handle it. You know, Mitch, in my opinion, isn't one of them. He, Jay Cutler was one of them. He could not handle the pressure at the end of mm-hmm. games. If it was going bad, he would throw the pick. You know, if you want to go to a different sport, like I said, Michael Jordan, not afraid of the shot. Kobe Bryant, not afraid of the shot. You know, LeBron James, I'm a, I'm a LeBron hater, you know, so I'll just put it out there. <laughs> but but there were moments, you could see it on his face, that he didn't want to take the shot. And that is the difference between someone that wants it in that moment and doesn't. And there, you can't quantify it, but you know it when you see it. And in my opinion, Mitch is not afraid of the moment. You saw it at the end of the game, this very last game, after everything went wrong, he makes two mistakes, three mistakes in the fourth quarter, not hitting turbo, turnover, fumble, and an interception on the sideline. And yet he still makes the throws and the scramble to get him down to kick the game winning field goal. And it's like, you know, that's where you are holding on to hope if you are a Mitchell Trubisky supporter. But, you know, I mean, this is a business too. And if they don't start figuring it out soon, guys are going to get replaced and that's just a reality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this league is, is what have you done for me lately? So, I mean, if, if, you know, we can't cling on to it if, if things aren't getting better. Um, right. So yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. I, I just thought I'd ask 
um, just because we, you know, we have seen so many different ver versions of Mitch, if you will. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's some really fantastic stuff. Let's move on now. Uh, one more question before we get into the full preview. Um, now, this is recent news from Adam Schefter. Josh Gordon now has been released off of IR and into the waiver wire uh, from the Patriots. So the Bears are currently 11th in wave order. And I just want to hear your thoughts. You know, this is a guy who's coming relatively cheap. He's an instant playmaker. We we know how talented Josh Gordon is, uh, but we do know of his past history with the whole uh, the marijuana issues and the off the field issues. Uh, he seems to be past a little bit those uh, now, but he still is dealing with injuries. So I just want to hear your thoughts. You know, th this is a guy who is a playmaker. You know, you talk about the Bears' woes on offense. Anytime you can get a playmaker, you'll take it. Uh, but with a guy like Josh Gordon, there's a lot of factor in. So real quickly, I mean, just basically yes or no and go a little bit more. You know, would you want to have a guy like Josh Gordon on the Chicago Bears if that opportunity, pre opportunity presented itself? For me personally, if it was before the trade deadline and you wanted to make that move so you could trade tr Taylor Gabriel for draft mm -hmm. equity, that would have made more sense. But now that we're past it, it doesn't make sense. We've got Javon Wims, we got Riley Ridley, we got Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. We got too many, too many horses in the stud, you know, the, the stable. Yeah. We, you know, there's just no vacancy over here. He, he'd be well served to go to a team where he has more of an opportunity. Yeah. Um. I I, I do I do definitely agree with that. Um, I, I feel like we're not even getting our own receivers. Or we're not getting all of our receivers involved as it is. So um, and, and I know and I know Josh Gordon is better than than most of our receivers other than maybe Allen Robinson. But um, I, I don't yeah. think it's a necessity. Um, but my thing is, you know, when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I think having depth, you know, when, whenever you can bring in more depth, especially a guy like Josh Gordon, I guess I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, but I, I don't see it happening and I don't think it'll happen. Um, I just yeah, it just doesn't seem too realistic. I think it's yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's it's unlikely. But if it happened, I don't think Bears fans would be too upset about it. But considering the circumstances, it's likely uh, unrealistic. But I thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, let's get into it. We're going to do a full Bears versus Eagles preview again. You know, we talked about it. This game, I think we can agree, is is pretty much the make or break game for the season. You know, people said that, that the Chargers game was that game. Well, sitting at three and four, you know, the statistics are at four and four, you have a 32% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, you know, three, four and four teams last year made the playoffs. So if you get back to four and four, you're certainly not out of it. Three and five, it's a lot, lot more difficult. Um, but, you know, there is a lot to talk about. Um, running game for the Eagles has been slightly good, slightly bad. Jordan Howard is making his return. Well, not his return, but he's going against his former team. It's in Philadelphia. Uh, so first, let's start um, with the Eagles rushing attack and what they post against the Bears defense. Again, they're they're carrying Miles Sanders, who actually was held out of practice with a shoulder injury, but they expect him to play. Jordan Howard has been their lead back. He has uh, had the most attempts in five games. And then they've got one other guy, Boston, I uh, forget his first name. So they, they pose a nice rushing threat, but we do know the Bears are sixth in rushing defense. So Greg, I'll start with you. What do you expect from that matchup there in the trenches? Eagles rushing attack versus the Bears front seven. Well, I have no doubt they're going to try to get Jordan Howard going against us. Yeah. I mean, Doug Peterson, he's that type of uh, uh, guy that he's going to give Jordan an opportunity to uh, get back at his old team. I mean, Alshon got the revenge game last year. Now it'll be Jordan's turn. But the Bears have a very good run defense when they want to be. I mean, without Akeem Hicks, it's been a little more challenging. But regardless, they, you know, Roquan Smith came back to life here last week. So... You know, you know they're going to try to attack. I mean, what we've been seeing the last few weeks is them going at Khalil Mack. You know, the teams with the good offensive lines kind of if they if they run straight at him, it kind of yeah. uh, disarms them almost. And uh, so I'm expecting them to try to do a little of that. You know, Miles Sanders had the big run for a touchdown against the Bills on the edge, so you got to look out for his speed. But again, you know, I feel good about our defense as far as. Uh, how they how they do on the on the run game? I you know I've been surprised that they've been bullied a couple times. So I guess you know being on the road is a little bit of concern here. You don't want Jordan Howard to go off on us. That would be the worst. But if I had to guess, that's what they're gonna try to do. 
And uh, that might end up being the dip, what, you know, what tells us what the ball game is. If we can shut down their run, they obviously have such a much better chance to win. And if it's like the floodgates, like we saw against the Raiders or Saints, the Bears are going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, um, you know, I we look. Everyone knows this Bears defense is still fantastic. I think Bears fans, yeah. you know, even though even though they haven't played too well um, lately, I, I think. I think this is still a very good defense. I'm sure you guys agree. Um, you know, the, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, they have a nice little attack there. Um, and, and you know, the, the Eagles offensive line is, is, is legit for sure. Um, but, you know, it's just going to be it's just going to come down to who wants it more. Um, Carson Wentz uh, this morning, I read that he said he wasn't scared of Khalil Mack or the Bears mm-hmm. defense. So I'm hoping that, that fires the guys up. Yeah, that's something that could uh, that could be the difference. Honestly, I hope. I hope the Bears defense, I hope the players on, on this defense are, are paying attention to that. Um, but, you know, look, Jordan Howard, we know he's talented. Miles Sanders, he looks pretty talented as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Um, but, you know, I, I, this Bears defense, I, I'm not too worried. Yeah, that that what Carson Wentz says is certainly bulletin board material for that Bears yep. defense for sure. Uh-huh. They'll have that posted up all around House Hall. But I, I want to I crunched some numbers last night because I thought this was really interesting. I've been you know I pay attention to the Eagles a little bit because one of my buddies is a huge Eagles fan, uh, so we always talk about them. And, and their run game certainly seems to be the tail of their team. Average rush yards per game in a loss for the Eagles is ninety nine point seven five. In a win, it's a hundred and fifty. So, I mean, the numbers right there, I'm not a huge numbers guy by any means. I'm not a huge numbers guy, but those right there are pretty clear that if you can hold the Eagles to less than 100 running rushing yards, odds are you're going to win. So you look at the Bears defense and their success uh, in rush defense in a loss. The Bears rush defense gives up 100 yards per game, which still isn't a lot. But in a win, they give up only 66. So through, you know, seven games this year, it appears to be that, you know, if the Bears defense can stop the rushing attack of the other team, they have a likely chance to win. But even more importantly for the Eagles offense is if they get the running game going, they're nearly unstoppable on offense. So to me, you know, everyone wants to talk about Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar and what they pose uh, from the the passing attack, but although their rushing attack isn't, you know, a huge threat on paper, you don't really get too intimidated by Jordan Howard and those guys. It, it, it seems to be that that's the tail of their team. So, uh, you know, I think if the Bears can stop that rushing attack of the Eagles, they're going to have a very successful chance to win on Sunday. Completely, completely agree. It's, uh, you know, and it has to happen. You know, that's the thing I'm worried most about is because I was yeah. talking to my guys, Phil and Shane over at Bears Bar Room about this is, you know, it's like the everything that can go wrong will go wrong with this team. So I'm like waiting for the, the huge defensive lapse game. I know we saw a little bit of that versus the Raiders, but, you know, this 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 venue just scares me so much because. I, when I went to that game and they lost by 50, it was like a hurt. Yeah, the, yeah. the fan base, it's like a hurricane. The way they, I don't know what, you know, maybe hopefully <laughs> since it's a day game, the, the vibes will be a little chiller. But, yeah, they have to shut down the run or else they're going to be in a lot of trouble. We've seen it with the Saints. And, like I said, the Raiders just moving the ball at will on us when we're not stopping the run. And then you see the other half of that coin, like what they did to Minnesota, you know, yeah. who has a really good run game. So when they're dialed in, and granted, like I said, we don't have Akeem Hicks right now, and that's kind of the caveat of the conversation. So guys like Roy Robb and, you know, Eddie Goldman's always steady fast with what he does out there, steady Eddie. But, you know, guys like Roy Robb really got to step up. You know, Bilal Nichols got to step up. I saw him a little bit on the outside last week. So, you know, they're trying all sorts of different things on the defensive line. So, you know, try to get, you know, Mac, you know, opened up because he's getting triple teamed so much, but it's, it's just going to be crucial, crucial, crucial game. I'm just a little nervous because we've been leaning on them so hard that they're going to break and you just hope their, their, their will is strong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, look, if we, if we stop their, their rushing attack, I think we win this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Look, other than Alshon Jeffrey, I'm not too worried about, about anybody on their team. Um, you know, Zach, Zach Ertz, Ertz, yeah, Zach Ertz has been, he's been meh this year. The other tight end um, has kind of been stepping up. Dallas, Dallas Goddard, Goddard, yeah. Goddard, yeah, yeah, he's been, he's been very solid this year. Um, so, I mean, that is still something you have to pay attention to. They have two solid tight ends. Um, 
And I, I believe Deshaun Jackson is making his return this week. He might. They, they're optimistic about it. They, yeah, they, they say I he's at 90% or something. So it probably got a game time decision. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, a, a non-100% Deshaun Jackson doesn't really worry me. Um, yeah. I, I think I think he's more, with all due respect, a, a one-trick pony. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think, it, look, if we get pressure on Carson Wentz, um, if we can stop their rushing attack, I think the Bears win this game. Um, the only thing is that's a huge if because we saw last year. Um, we I, I don't know if you guys remember, but we couldn't get any pressure on Carson once. Um, yeah. Khalil Mack, they completely took him out of the game, and and you know it, it was just a downward spiral after that. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely possible for the Bears to win this game. And let's not forget, I mean, the Eagles, I, I guess, have played better recently but i mean they they haven't been anything too special this year either so yeah well the thing that makes me nervous is they have a good o-line which we have trouble against and they have a good coach you know who Mm -hmm. who knows our system who knows matt Nagy, and we saw this in the playoffs last year so as i said before this is a punch counter punch league and Matt Nagy has is behind behind the microscope right now, and I want to see a counterpunch this week. I know it's in him, just like you know everybody questions Mitch, and I know it's in him to be a good a good player. I know it's in Matt Nagy to be a better coach than what he's shown, especially these last couple weeks. So I need to see a counterpunch this week, and he better get stick to that I formation running. You know he needs to get back to that ground and pound and do what's best. For your team, you know, I know we're talking about what they do on their side, but that, you know, that's where the Eagles hit their stride, as you said, the last few weeks. is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Going back to the run game. So yeah. let's hope that Mag- Nagy's, you know, pl- paying close attention to what Doug Peterson is doing and is ready to throw a counter punch of his own. Totally. I mean, Matt Nagy knows a little about Doug Peterson, too. Uh, obviously, they coach together, so they both know a little bit about each other. But uh, Greg mentioned the running game for the Bears. So let, let, we'll switch over to that, to that Bears offensive rushing attack. Obviously, last week was the Dave Montgomery breakout game. It was the breakout game for the running game in general. And, and the, you know, this is not the offense that Matt Nagy wants. It's just not. But it's going to be the offense that he needs going forward. It's going to have to be what Greg mentioned, the I formation. It's going to be running it down their throat every single game uh, until Mitch proves to you that he can start that he can start opening up and, and, and throwing successfully 30 times a game so in this game especially uh, you know I, I crunched some more numbers what can I say I was up till 3 a.m. crunching these numbers and this is what <laughs> I found out in a Bears loss their average rush yards per game 66 yards disgusting number right there and a Bears win 108 yards per game so that just tells you right there, when the Bears rush successfully, they they likely win the football game. Now you look at the Eagles' defense against opponent rush yards per game in a loss. They let up 115 rush yards per game in a loss. And in a win, they let up only 67.5. So again, I'm not a huge numbers guy, but but these are so very clear that it's just obvious. you got to be able to run the football uh, against the Eagles on Sunday. And, and it starts with Dave Montgomery and with that O-line, which I, I think we all agree looked a lot, a lot better against the Chargers. They even looked a little bit better against the Saints uh, than they did in weeks prior. So to me, th- this game, it, it's going to be the Dave Montgomery show. And we're going to have to see a little bit of spice from Mitchell Trubisky. But going forward, you know, from now until the next three, four or five weeks uh, going forward, it, it's going to be a Dave Montgomery show. Chris, do you agree? 100%, man. Um you know, I, I, we talked about uh, Mike Davis as well last week. I, I really think this could be a game for Mike Davis, you know, a very gritty uh, game. Okay. Um, I, I could see him, you know, I, I really want, want to see him get involved. I don't think he should have more than maybe like six, seven carries at, at the maximum. But uh, obviously David Montgomery is going to be the guy. But I, I definitely think we should see a little sprinkle of Mike Davis, maybe even Tariq Cohen, just to mix things up. But I, they have to stick with the run. I mean, listen, you're not going to win. Uh, very many games if you don't have a balanced attack and you can't just throw the ball it, it, it's not going to work out um, so if they continue 
to, you know, to run the ball, I, I can see some, I can see the offense improving. I can see some, some good things happening with this offense. Yeah. It, we, the, the, the biggest thing is like you guys said, with the I formation, it opens up so many more things that aren't just the run, the play action. You know, it, it's just, it's just. Charles Leno said it. We're ready to ground, ground and pound if they are. So just yeah. do it because that, that's what's going to give these guys an edge. We've seen such soft play from the O line at times. Uh, if you guys watch um, my guy Draft Doctor Phil Philotosians, his Tape Never Lies segment on on YouTube, he points out, you know, James Daniels uh, Dan- is is not getting to the second level. He's not doing, you know, and he's so young at the position because they decided to go guard center last year and then switch him and Cody Whitehair this year. And it, it you know, you saw, started to see a little bit of continuity in the run game seven weeks into the season, but you know, Hey, now, like you said, it's bare weather now. So you got no choice, but to run the ball like this. And, you know, it's just in that you, you like what you saw from JP Holtz, the, the fullback, yeah. You know, uh, getting in there, they need that. You know, I mean, to say that those things aren't in your offense, like Matt Nagy said in one of the pressers, like, oh, I didn't have the eye formation in any of my play calls before that. What? Like, I watched the Kansas City Chiefs. They have a fullback. They run the ball. Like, it, it just, it, it's insanity to me, to me that we waited this long to go to this. And then, you know, he gets the success on it last week, and then he goes away from it. You just really hope that they stick to it this week because, as your numbers point out, the game is going to be won in the trenches. You know, for all the talk that goes on with, you know, passing the ball, it's a passing league. You know, you still got to run the ball to get W's. So, you know, you just really hope that they can stick with David Montgomery. Obviously, the other team's going to be looking for that now. So that's the chess match that they're going to have to play. And then, you know, it's also about understanding your personnel. You know, um, they continue to try to get. Tariq Cohen on these zone runs and he's not reading the hole correctly. And I love Tariq. I'm one of the biggest Tariq guys ever, but what the heck, man, you know, like, why are you continuing to run to the sidelines? Like you got to go upfield at some point, you know, and, uh, we don't even see Mike Davis. Can we just cut him for that fourth round pick? Yeah, honestly, my goodness. Yeah. it makes yeah. no sense. They bring in all this that Mike Davis, they trade up for Dave Montgomery, and then they they just they just decide in week seven, okay, now we're gonna run the ball. Yeah, you know, I, I just better see it this week, you know, that we saw good signs last week and it better carry over this Sunday, or as you said, you know, the percentage chances of making the playoffs basically close. So just a pivotal, pivotal moment in the Matt Nagy era, the Mitchell Trubisky era, and for the two thousand nineteen season. Chris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I said it uh, on the last podcast. I know Kevin remembers because we br- we brought the topic up. But look, they brought in Mike Davis, and they're not using him, and they're not cutting him. Like, do something with him. I mean, he's just he's just on the team right now. He's basically yeah, do one thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it, either get him involved or, or get rid of him. Is he's just sitting there? I, I don't. Cordero's probably got more carries than him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and we we brought that up last episode too. It's like, come on, man. I mean. I know I, I understand he doesn't you know Matt Nagy doesn't really like to run the ball but I mean if that's what's, what it's going to take to win you got to you know put that aside I mean you you this team needs to win a football game so um like you said I, I definitely think this game is going to be one of the trenches um I feel like the Eagles um you know we're, we're a little bit better in the trenches in that playoff game last year so uh, I, I want to see things things change uh in the trenches for the Bears you want to know what's interesting, what Greg brought up? He's like, okay, the defense is going to start to have to game plan for Dave Montgomery now, right? Well, mm-hmm. no other defense in the first six games of the season had to worry about that. They'd come into Sunday's game, and they'd be game planning. They'd say, oh, the Chicago rushing attack? Let's dedicate 20% of our time to that and 80% of our time on how to stop Mitchell Trubisky. So, you know, I do think that's a huge contributor to Mitchell Trubisky's lack of success as well. So as the running game gets better, so will Mitchell Trubisky. But, and, and you know, look, this is a good— de- defensive front seven from Philadelphia we can't expect necessarily expect this rushing attack to rush for 100 yards so if that doesn't happen well then it's on the shoulders of Mitch Trubisky so let's talk about that a little bit look this Philadelphia secondary is vulnerable they are banged up and they quite frankly are not very good they rank 21st in the NFL right now 
in uh, opponent pass yards per game. So that doesn't sound terrible, but they, they've just really not been good. Listen to this. Uh, this these, these numbers are number one receivers versus the Eagles throughout the year. Week one, Terry McLaurin goes for 125 yards and a touchdown. Week two, Julio Jones goes for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Week three, Marvin Jones at the Lions, 101 yards, one touchdown. Week four, Devonta Adams, 180 yards on 10 receptions. Week five, they played the Jets. I mean, there's really no one there for them. Week six, Stephon Diggs, 167 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, you know, this is a very vulnerable secondary, and we talk about how good Allen Robinson is. So this, to me, is a huge opportunity for Allen Robinson to go out there and make some plays. He did it in the playoff game. He had 143 reception yards on 10 receptions and a touchdown in that playoff game back in January. So, Greg, what do you expect here from from the Chicago passing offense, whether that's Mitchell Trubisky or Allen Robinson? You know, I just brought up those numbers of number one receivers uh, against the Eagles. So do you expect them, you know, and, and one more thing, this is what's interesting about this football game, right? We talk about the I formation and, and the consistent rushing attack, but you do have to notice the, the liabilities in the Eagles secondary. So that's where Matt Nagy is going to be looking at, looking at it and say, well, you know, do we want to run the ball when we know we can have a little bit of success against this Eagles secondary? So, so Greg, what do you expect from that department? Yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head right here because as much as they probably want to continue to establish that run game, that power run game, it's more than likely going to get shut down by that stout defensive mm-hmm. line, as you mentioned. And it is going to come down to Mitchell Trubisky and can they move the ball through the air and get touchdowns in the red zone through the air. And, you know, obviously if you get it on the one yard line, they better run it this time, but still it's going to be on Mitch's shoulders to, to, to get this win. Because as you guys said, the secondary is where their weakness lies. So, while you want to have a balanced attack, it's it's this is going to be the Mitch game. I think a lot of people probably won't see that coming on Sunday because of what we saw from David Montgomery, and everyone just thinks Mitch sucks. So hopefully you can come into this game and get, you know, like I said, expect the unexpected, and hopefully we can see Mitch sling. You know, I mean, one game that I can recall in Philly was when the uh, the the Eagles were the dream team. And uh, Jay and the Bears, no one thought they were going to do anything that day. And they came out and slung. Yeah, Errol Bennett had a couple touchdowns, and they were able to come out of there with a W. So you hope that's what this team can do is come in there and, and move the ball around through the air and get some confidence going. And, yeah, if, if all those number one receivers are going off, what did we see from Bears-Eagles last year? You know, they shut us down in the first half. There was some – fortuitous plays that led to us not getting as many points in the first half. But in the second half, the double moves were killing the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a very aggressive secondary, a very aggressive defense, but they're not the most talented. So if you can play on those aggressions and get those double moves working, and we saw it a lot with Allen Robinson last year, that's going to have them thinking a lot about, you know, you know, where they're supposed to be. And when Allen's making his cuts, I mean, you saw that one touchdown against the saints on that route, you know, how do you cover that? You know, on a free release, Allen Robinson has some footwork that just is him and Taylor Gabriel, man, those two guys can give a secondary hell with their footwork. It's fantastic. And then you just hope that Mitch is playing with confidence and can fire it in the hole. I mean, my thing is, I don't think there's one cornerback on the Eagles that Allen Robinson cannot make make look like an absolute fool. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, he did it last year to Avante Maddox, and and yeah. you know it, it was it was bad. I mean, I saw Eagles fans turning on Avante Maddox even though they won that game just because of how bad Allen Robinson made him look. And to be honest, Maddox was pretty good last year, um, but after that 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 game against the Bears, you know, people were just like, man, this guy's pretty bad. <laughs> and you know, it, it's that that's what Allen Robinson does to corners. Um, and this kind of comes back full circle to my point earlier, where I, I, I said that we have to establish the run, but we talked about, you know, how the offense has to keep a balance as well. Um, the yeah. Eagles secondary is is just not good. Uh, I, I think everybody in the NFL knows that. Um, so, you know, this is one of those games where they're going to have to exploit it. And listen, even if the even if the run isn't working, I think they they still have to stick with it just to keep just to you know, keep the, the Eagles defense guessing. Um, I, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, if, if the run game does get stopped then Nagy doesn't just shy away from it, cause that would be a mess. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to see a balanced attack. 
Uh, Allen Robinson is going to be open all game. Mitch is going to have to hit him. I, and I and not only Allen Robinson, I mean, Anthony Miller, this could be a, a breakout game for him as well. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, you could see him, you know, making a few plays. So, you, you know, I, I look, if, if they keep a balanced attack, I think the Bears absolutely can win this game. Um, and, and, you know, I, I wasn't confident before this podcast, but after all the points you guys have made, I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I'm not going to lie. Can I add that? Can we see some no huddle? I feel like yeah. that is mm-hmm. where we see Mitch at his best. Exactly. And we don't see it with except with the exception of at the end of games and two minute drill before the end of a half. I'd like to see it coming out first series. You know, can we get yeah. these guys going, yeah. get the tempo up and get Mitch's, you know, clock going, you know, and yeah. that's that, you know, maybe that's a part of it. You know, his clock is slow to start the game. And then yeah. at the end, when everything's tight and pressure and his clock is racing, that's when he plays better. Well, get that clock moving a little faster, please. Mm-hmm. A little no huddle, Matt Nagy. And, yep. and you want to know why? I mean, it's a direct correlation when you don't have time to think about the play. You don't have time to dissect it. You're just playing off of your instincts. You know, that's what you're doing in no huddle, and that's what Mitchell Trubisky is good at. So Greg raises a really good point there. And, again, it's no coincidence. Why is Mitchell Trubisky so good in those late, you know, end of half, end of fourth quarter situations? Well, maybe it is because they're going no huddle, and he doesn't have to be so mental. He can just play football. So I I think that's a really good point. No huddle. I mean, we haven't really seen a rhythm or a tempo from this Bears offense throughout the year. I mean, we really have it. So to get them into some type of rhythm, some type of tempo, not just in the end of the second half, not just in late in the third quarter, it's got to be right off the jump. So hopefully they do that. And and the thing is, what I want to see from the Bears too, which we haven't really seen all year, I want to get, a, I want to see them get off to an early lead. And it's going to be hard to do against the Philadelphia Eagles, but it seems like to me, we haven't seen that at all. We haven't seen them go up more than a touchdown on a team uh, other than for exception the Redskins which you know we don't really have to count that um you know let's see them get a lead and see how they maintain that it seems like every game you know they will have a lead at some point but then they're playing from behind and they just don't feel in the right spot to me if they can go up early and get let's I don't know I mean I think all year they've scored one time on the opening drive and I think that was the Minnesota Vikings with Chase Daniel uh we haven't seen an opening drive touchdown from the Bears in a long time so hopefully we can see that right out the gates I think Anthony Miller is a really really important name because you know, as depleted as that secondary is, it, it gets even more depleted in the slot where Anthony Miller thrives. So so hopefully it's a breakout game for him. But, you know, one guy who did not play against the Philadelphia Eagles in that January playoff game was Trey Burton. He will, let's hope, let's hope there's no late groin injury in this one. Uh, he will be playing against the Eagles this week. So, you know, people were saying the Bears are going to make a move for a tight end. The trade deadline didn't happen. So it's going to be Trey Burton as the Bears tight end for the rest of the year, whether you like it or not. Um, but what do you guys make from that in, in that kind of matchup? You got the the Trey Burton versus Nigel Bradham and some of those other uh, linebackers. Nigel Bradham is actually on the injury report right now, so he's questionable to play. But, you know, it seems like every week there's people who say this is the Trey Burton breakout game or maybe Trey Burton will actually get over 50 yards in a game. And I think actually that happening is a key component to this pass offense. So is this kind of a game where we maybe see a little bit more from Trey Burton against a vulnerable secondary? Oh, very well could be. We saw, you know, um, it, you know, it's his homecoming game, won a yep. Super Bowl with this team. So he hopefully he'll be playing with a little bit of pride. You know, as you mentioned, he missed the uh, playoff game unexpectedly. And I know he probably uh, holds himself responsible in a lot of ways for the outcome because of having to miss that game. You know, you, you just you got to believe that's probably part of his thought process. And uh, now we get to this point and hopefully he can right some wrongs with that, you know, in a a time where we desperately need it. We saw some, he made some plays last week. You know, I thought maybe one of the best throws we've ever seen from Mitchell Trubisky was last week coming across the middle in a, in a clutch fourth quarter moment. And the catch was just as good as the throw to Trey Burton over the middle, just past, I believe it was a linebacker's hand. I mean, it was, it was a laser, but it was also not an easy catch to make at all. The guy was draped all over him. And uh, so that's a good sign, you know, and with this offense, especially it's just baby steps. So we saw some good signs and hopefully they can elevate because I mean, where is the Trey Burton routes 
that we saw where they'd connect to him downfield. I know some people have pointed out in some film breakdown that he is open a few times, but as we said before, it's continuity and chemistry, and he hasn't been on the field for every game, and then Mitch isn't on the field for a couple games, so they have no chemistry, and maybe we're starting to, uh, that ball is starting to move in the right direction now that Mitch has gotten a couple games of, under his belt since the injury, and, and Trey has also been on the field. So homecoming game coming up. You got, you know, there's, this is no better time than now to have a a breakout 80 to a hundred yard performance from your tight end, which is a staple of this offense. You know, if you look at Kansas city or Philly, you know, or the, the teams that run this offense, that the tight end is the staple, you know, so he's got to be that for us. No. Yeah. I mean that, that, those are all great points. Um, that man, that throw from Mitch uh, last week to, to Trey Burton was nasty. And he yeah. just, Trey Burton just took that out of the air and just brought it down. Like it, it was so quick. And I was like, I had to double take. I was like, damn, was that Trey Burton? Like I haven't seen that in a while. Um, but you know, look, a lot of people I feel have, have, you know, lost hope in Trey Burton. Um, you know, myself included, I, I feel like, um, you know, things haven't really worked out recently. Um, but I, I guarantee you, if he has a good game uh, in, in this game, I, I guarantee you a lot of people, he'll win a lot of Bears fans back. I, 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 I'm sure of that. Well, from what we know from Bears fans, it's not hard to do. They have one good game and they're back on, they're, they're back on board. They're, they're back on the ship. And hey, hopefully that's the case for the whole team, right? You know, you get a win against the Eagles who are, again, underachieving, but you know, people still view them as a top team because of their talent and, you know, just what they possess with the coaching. They won a Super Bowl two years ago. I mean, they're nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, but, you know, this is interesting. Philly is two and one at home this year. So although it's very hard to play at the link, they have not been playing very well there. They nearly lost to the uh, the Redskins on the first game of the year there. And we know how bad the Redskins are now. They lost to the Lions uh, in Philly. So I think that's something to note is that it's daunting to play in Philadelphia at the link. But this year especially, it may not be as daunting as usual, and I know it's something that, that Bears fans are worried about. But one other thing, look, the Bears are underdogs this week. They're actually uh, um, a, an underdog by four and a half points is, is what the spread says. But to me, this this is exactly where I'd want the Bears to be. Uh, last year, they played underdog all year. Um, no one expected that team to be first in the AFC North. No one expected that team to make the playoffs, and out they come out the gates, you know, firing. This is this is just where the Bears thrive. They, you know, we've seen it. They they come out with Super Bowl aspirations and they kind of falter a little bit. But now here they are, back three and four, underdogs, defying, going up against the odds. To me, this this is where the Bears, you know, are are supposed to be. It was weird. Dan Dan Hampton at uh at Bears 100 said, you know, it, it, he said that the feeling there was as if that team had just won the Super Bowl. That's not the feeling you can have. And certainly they've been humbled at this point, and they're certainly the underdog now. So Greg, you know. Being in that spot versus being the favorite, do you think that is a better spot for this Bears team to be in just from like a culture and personality standpoint? Without question. And that's any Chicago team. We play better (laughs) when everyone isn't hyping us up and everyone doubts us. That is 100% our, our, our sweet spot in this city. I mean, that's what they were last year. You know, a team just on the rise and the rise is always better than when you get to the top and you got to hold it, you know, and, and uh, so without question, they're, this is the first time they've been underdogs all season. And, you know, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, this is with the way they're playing. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. But they can use that now and and try to prove people wrong. No longer are they the darlings of the NFL like they were entering the season. And, you know, now they can start to play that me against the world. We've seen that, you know, um, that motto, you know, yelled out for other teams and they use it. I mean, look at, look at the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. you know, uh, that no one, everyone doubted that team. Uh, Doug mm-hmm. Peterson was ranked the worst head coach in football the year prior coming into the season. And, uh, you know, they went on a run. They even lost their starting quarterback for the season and, and everyone continued to doubt them. And what they do, they put on the underdog mask and they barked at everyone all the way to the Super Bowl. And they played with no fear. And, you know, uh, the play calls were with no fear and everything. You know, they just banded together. And that's what you hope for this team, that they can they can grab that and use it. But it is the door is closing quick. And as you guys said, you know, the last two weeks, the Saints and the Chargers game kind of felt like turning point moments of the season. But this is the like final straw turning yeah. point. So, you know, if you're yeah. going to do that, if you're going to use that underdog 
us against the world mentality that no better week to do it than the team that ended your season last year on the road. Everyone's doubting you, you know, I mean, this is it, you know, hold the line. You gotta, you just gotta pray that they come out of it, you know, and I know how bad they want it, how bad they work for it. So, you know, I, I, I do think we are going to see, you know, uh, a team playing with a sense of urgency on Sunday. The other, the only problem is the other team gets paid too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the ball bounces weird ways. And the refs sometimes don't, don't know how to make the correct call. So all those little variables got to come into play, but you know, the underdog variable is definitely something they should lean on because it does help a team, especially when you're at this point in the season, when, whenever, when the chips are stacked against you. No, I, I, I love that point about, um, you know, the, the, the climb is always better than being at the top and trying to hold it down. Um, you, you can argue that, that you know, the, the Bears were at the top coming into the year among, you know, they were among one of the best teams in the league. As that's how they reviewed. And, um, you know, now now they fell down and, and it's time to climb back up again. So um, I love that point, um, you know, and, and now, you know, being underdogs, it's going to be, um you know, they can have a chip on their shoulder now and, 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 you know, move forward with that. So uh, I don't, I don't mind um, the bears being underdogs at all. I think I, like you guys said, I think it'll take the pressure off. Um, and it's just something that, um, that, that this team is going to have to have to play with, you know, moving forward that they're not look, a lot of people are doubting this team and I'm sure the bears are going to be underdogs. Um, you know, even if they win this game, I'm sure they will be underdogs some other time this season. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just because of what we've seen so far and, and, you know, the, I guess you could say inconsistency. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're on the climb again. And, and this is when, when the bears thrive, like you guys said, all great points. Totally agree. And I think that just about wraps it up. So let's do predictions. I'm not going to give out a certain score as I've, I've been doing that and I've been wrong. But all I want to say for this is I'm expecting a Bears victory in this one. Again, you know, what, I, what Greg mentioned, this is your chance to get revenge. You know, it's the ultimate revenge game. You you lose in such a way that they did in that playoff game. You have so much to play for here. Again, you know, it's almost, it, it feels like a rivalry game. It really does just because of what has happened against the Eagles in the past. You know, you get blown out by 50 points a few years ago, and then you lose by a missed field goal by Cody Parkey. That is the infamous double doink. I mean, it, it's almost like a it feels like a storied rivalry uh, just because of the recent history of these two teams. So, you know, a lot to play for. The Bears as underdogs, I think they're un- not unstoppable, but a very, very good team. And and the matchups that I presented, that we all presented with those numbers and, you know, with what we all said, I think they play into the Bears' favor. So if, if Matt Nagy is, uh, approaches it with a balanced attack, you know, run that eye formation, but also don't be afraid to let Mitch fly it around a little bit against this Eagles secondary, then I think it's a perfect formula uh, for the Bears. And I also do want to add a thing about the Bears defense. I want to see them get a little bit of turnovers. They haven't necessarily had that knack for turnovers like they had last year. And, you know, I don't I don't think it's Chuck Pagano versus Vic Banjo. I just think they need to play a little bit hungrier. You know, one example of that is Eddie Jackson, right on that jump ball to Mike Williams last week on the right side. You know, last year, Eddie Jackson, we see him snag that thing out of the air and take it to the house. And, and this year, he kind of plays i know mike williams is a very talented receiver but he played a little bit more conservative didn't go up for it i want to see the hunger from this bears defense and i want to see this number one overall bears defense that we all know they are once they play to their potential so i'm going with a bears victory greg how about you yeah i'm i'm always scared of predictions because i'm scared of jinxing things but <laughs> we're we're at the end game now with this team and uh, yeah i mean uh i cannot imagine this team stringing this many losses together in a row you know, they're a team that has always responded well to adversity, as I've pointed out, in, in in singular games. But now we have, you know, a moment here where they have to respond to the season's adversity. And I know that they are going to respond well because of how bad they want it. This isn't a team that doesn't care. They do care. Sometimes they might care too much. But, you know, with all the things hanging on the line, then we talk about the revenge factor and everything else, you know, I can see the Bears winning this game 28 to 17. That's, I think, the mm-hmm. number I want to go with here. That's probably what they should have won the game by last week, but they, yeah, they didn't yes. have all their kinks worked out in the red zone. So hopefully this week they get the kinks worked out. You know, the Eagles are a good team, so I have no doubt they're going to make it tight. But at the end of the day, let's hope that Mitch can um, extend that lead further than a one-score game and maybe – Maybe they come away with that 28-17 victory I'm trying to predict here. Yeah. I mean, the the back, our backs are against the wall now. Um, you know, you got punched in the mouth, and, and show me how you respond. I mean, 
I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit more confident now after this podcast. Like you guys really brought up some some awesome points. Um, yeah, I, I, if we come with a balanced attack, um, if the, our players, I'm expecting them to be hungry. So um, I'm expecting them all to be at their at their very best in this game. Um, you know, as long as they spread the ball around, balanced attack, run the ball, and like you said, Kevin, that's a, that's an awesome point about the the defense. I, we haven't seen many turnovers, and you remember how much that that uplifted the team after every single yeah. turnover just got the team going um they started playing with some swagger some confidence so uh, that's very important and i hope they can they can force a couple turnovers in this game um score predictions uh, i'm going to say 24 20 bears um i think mitch will lead a game-winning touchdown i'm gonna go ahead Ooh. and say it i know yeah yeah i think he's gonna um you know he in that game in that playoff game last year remember he brought him back put him in a position to, to kick the game-winning field goal. And, you know, if, if Cody Parkey makes that field goal, we're having different conversations about Mitch because um, who knows how far he could have taken us last year, you know? Um, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Mitch comes out. I, I think he has a decent game. Um, I, I just I just hope, the you know, the pressure doesn't get to him. I hope he's not thinking. I just want him to go out there, just play his game, man. Um, and I know, myself included, we've all had talks about, you know what 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 the the QB position will look like for the Bears moving forward but uh this is all we've got right now so um you know we just got to ride with him and, and just hope that that this team can figure it out yep fantastic points we're all going with a Bears W on Sunday in Philadelphia it's going to be a good one good tight revenge game for your Chicago Bears Greg happy Halloween thanks for coming on my man Oh, yeah, I appreciate you guys asking me to come on. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, anytime you guys ever need anything, I'm always, you know where to find me. So yeah. uh, definitely wouldn't, wouldn't mind coming on again, chopping it up with you. Thanks again for reaching out. Appreciate yeah, it, brother. Thank Greg you. is all over Twitter. Make sure to check him out, Greg Bag Jr. on Twitter. He's he's go. Are you going to be at the rest of the Bears games at home for the rest of the year? You got season I tickets? Tr- I try to. I do not have season tickets. You know, I'm I'm a guy that just kind of plays the waiver wire, so to speak, on yeah. Stub, <laughs> StubHub, and then I have a few friends that have tickets that'll throw me their way when they don't want to go, or my wife's boss gives me a ticket every once in, every once a year. So you know, that's kind of how I do it, and you know. Mm-hmm. If they're putrid, I'm not going to go to every game. But, right. you know, with these last couple of years, yeah, I'm going to try to get up there as much as possible. And, you know, as long as they're uh, still rolling and, and pretty much even if they're not, you know, this is a team trying to figure things out. that Their their story isn't written yet. And uh, to go out there, you know, the tickets last week fell under 100 bucks. I think get-in price uh, Sunday morning was like 85 bucks. Oh. I think that was the lowest ticket you could get. Wow. So. Uh, they're going to get even lower if they keep losing. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm the type of guy that'll probably be there. So, you know, uh, uh, number 100% I'm going to be at the bears chiefs game at the end of the year, but, uh, regardless, uh, more than likely you'll find me at most of the homes home games to finish this out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Make sure to check out Greg on shy fans in the stands and on bears power room for me, your host, Kevin Lapka, Chris Nano and Greg Reg jr. Happy Halloween and bear down guys. Bear down.